Welcome to the Fit Minute Podcast, where we talk fitness for real people. I'm your host, Gabby Mazar, and today's episode, we have Felicia Rosansky, a wife, a mother, a successful real estate broker, and someone who's been through struggles and trials and tribulations through her life, and I'm super excited to talk to her today. She's a good friend of mine and also a client, so let's get right into it. You're listening to the Fit Minute Podcast. Today, my good friend and a client of mine, Felicia, is on. Felicia Rosansky, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you here today. I love your story, and I love what you've been through, and I just love talking to you, so I wanted everybody in the world to hear uh, everything that you've been <laughs> doing in your entire life, because you're a super successful person, and I just think it's fantastic, everything that you've done in your life. Um, you were high up in the corporate world. I was a vice president of a marketing company yeah. in Manhattan. In, yeah, in mm-hmm. Manhattan. Yes. You moved out here to Arizona from Manhattan. Yes. I don't know why in the world you would do that. but Have you seen the weather lately? Uh, okay, that's true. It is like 83 <laughs> degrees here. So um, anyway, how do you, as a successful real estate broker, as a wife, as a mother, how do you maintain your healthy lifestyle? I make it a priority. Okay. I, f- I, I block out time every single day to do at least one of the three things that I need to do for myself to keep myself healthy. Okay. So I I wanted you to tell me a little bit about, you know, your history, like your family history. You have a son with autism. Yes. And Well, I my know- family history goes back a little bit further. I actually was born with a birth defect. I was born with a heart defect. That's right. That's right. So I when I was two years old, I had experimental surgery at Mayo Clinic. And I've taken... I've taken the attitude that I'm probably not even supposed to be here. So every day to me is really a blessing, and I really take my health very seriously because I know how easily it could have gone the other way, and I would not have, I would not have survived. It was truly an experimental surgery. Yeah. So that's... I consider myself super lucky. Every day I'm born with the knowledge that life is really, really precious. Your body is really precious, and if you don't take care of it, 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 goes, oh, go, it goes away. That is the most positive thing. I love it. I, I'm just totally encouraged by that because so many people would take something like that and and turn it into a negative thing. Well, actually, know? I had that experience when I was in high school. I have a scar up and down my chest that goes from the top of my chest pretty much down, and they call us zipper babies because it looks like we have zippers because that's how the surgery was performed at the time. And when I was in high school, I met a young man my age, who also had the same scar, which was really shocking to me because I'd never met anybody like that. And I said, hey, we're both zipper babies. And he just completely freaked. And (laughs) ironically, my mom knew his mom, and his mother told me that his mother told him, his mother told my mother, don't ever let her bring that up again. It was the trauma of the surgery. Oh. Yet he had the surgery at the same young age I did, which was two. My parents took the attitude, you're a survivor. Yeah. You're just going to survive. Every day is just amazing because you survived this. They took it as a traumatic experience that altered the course of his life, but in a different way. Right. So I, I really credit my parents for giving me the positive attitude that I've always had. That's, that is so amazing. I, I, I love that. So continuing that, so you had this experimental surgery. Mm-hmm. You've gone through life. You've really taken this positive um, in outlook on life. And... What really motivates you so to be so positive and be so 
encouraging and just go for it. I mean, a VP in the corporate world in Manhattan is is huge. Yes, it was stressful. It was. I've always just. I've always taken. You know, when I was in my early twenties. And I would see a cardiologist every couple of years to check up on me. But when you become in your 20s, you kind of have to take your life. It becomes your responsibility, not your parents' responsibility, if not earlier on in life. Mm-hmm. And my cardiologist told me, the heart is a muscle. And if you don't use it, it atrophies. And the best thing you can do for yourself is keep your heart healthy. Yeah. Because even though you still have a defect in your heart, uh, my valve is, uh, it's, it's really complicated. But I really basically don't have one valve. Uh-huh. So I just have to keep my heart super healthy and keep it pumping, keep my lungs super healthy. And he basically said, if you keep your heart healthy, you will live a very long, productive life. But if you don't, things can go bad pretty quickly. And I, I believed him. And so I, what sort of things do you do to keep yourself Well, when I was healthy. in my early 20s, I actually joined Roadrunners, New York Roadrunners Club, and I learned how to run. I mean, I, I know it sounds funny because everyone thinks, how hard is it to run? But it's all about pacing, <laughs> running is pacing <laughs> and breathing and understanding how to do that. And ever since then, and I was very fortunate because I got to that point where you get that runner's high. And I just, I kind of got not super I do not ever get that runner's high. (laughs) Not ever. I don't care what anybody says. I don't feel it good for you. (laughs) Well, well, it got a little dangerous, honestly, because when I was running through the streets of Manhattan, because that's where I used to live, I once hit the the hood of a cab because it was getting in my way. So I realized (laughs) that maybe a gym would be a little safer for me to hang out in. So I I started working out more on the treadmill and going on, on track. But it was just... It felt good, yeah. and I felt that you know when you habit, habit is just that it becomes a great habit, and when you break it, all of a sudden when I would have like some off time, and then I wouldn't feel so great, and I'd be well, why am I not feeling good? And even though it is a struggle sometimes to wake up early or go to the gym after work, the payoff is just so much better. You just feel more grounded, right? And um, a, a really good friend of mine gave me a great advice once because when I was starting to run, I, I hurt myself like a lot of first-time athletes do. Right. And she said, you're never going to start at the beginning again. Even if you're hurt, you'll always pick up. You'll, you'll heal. You'll recover faster to where you are. It's not like you're ever starting at the beginning. Right. And I found that really encouraging. So. And the hardest part is actually starting. Once yes. you start something, it's, it's so much easier to either get back into it or just continue it. When you're in the very beginning, it's intimidating. It's scary. It's like, ah, how am I going to be able to do this? How am I going to be able to fit this into my schedule? I mean, you in real estate, you get phone calls and show houses every single day, all hours. I mean, it's yes. like it's it's tough to keep a consistent routine. You really there's you know, my grandmother told me a long time ago, everybody's got a little selfishness in them mm-hmm. and you have to be a little selfish, especially if you want to if you are a caregiver to whether you're a parent or you're a caregiver to an older parent or, you're, or whatever you're doing in life, if you don't take care of yourself, I mean, it's the oldest saying in the book, put the air mask on first. If you don't take care of yourself, how are you, you know going to be funny able to take care of anybody? We mentioned that literally probably in every single episode <laughs> because it's so true. It is true. <laughs> I mean, it really is so true. Like, you cannot take care of your family. I mean, especially for you, you know, you went to, you got your master's degree. I got my master's degree when I was in my early 40s. I have a, I have a son who was born in 1996. I have two sons, one in nine, born in 95, uh, the other one was born in 96. And by 1997, we realized he was not developing the way he should. This was back in the day of dial-up internet, if you can remember that. <laughs> 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 57th try. 
and there wasn't oh, a whole lot and of it took like 15 yeah. minutes and then it didn't go on and you're like why i know and then the little aol was like sorry yeah um but there wasn't a whole lot of information about autism at the time so I, it's not like it is now thank god things have changed and i'm i'm, I'm thrilled that there is so much more awareness and, and things yeah. are so much easier in terms of understanding what's going on with your child so much younger on but we didn't know with eric and i had to do a lot of i had to do a lot of work to get him you know get him the help that God, early intervention, I can never say enough about it. But I couldn't do that if I was falling apart. Right. You know, I was this, I mean, my husband, I was very fortunate. My husband was able to work and support the family, and I was able to stay home and take care of my kids. But if I couldn't take care of them, there was nobody else. Right. And if I wasn't healthy, then who was going to watch after them? And kids take a lot of work, and especially a child with special needs. Right. And, and how, I mean... Doing, taking care of a child with special needs, let alone a child, and you have three. You have yes. two sons and a daughter. Yes. You have one with autism, and your husband is a business owner. You've always been so, you know, high up in business, and now you have your own business. It's, it is so important because you can't even run your business if you don't have any of those things. You can't take care of your, your kids if you don't have your health. And you want to set an example for your children. Oh, I love that you said you that. Know? <laughs> I mean, it's really funny, but we had, from the time my son, my first son Daniel, uh, was born, he's 23 now, my husband, I told my husband, if you ever want to see anything resembling the body you married, <laughs> you better get me a treadmill. <laughs> And we were broke. I mean, we were broke. We were, you know, I had stopped working. We just started a business. But we found, you know, we found the money. We scraped it together. And the rule was, with my kids, if you're not bleeding and there's no fire, leave me alone for that 45 minutes. Right. Because they're mine. The rest of the 23 hours and 15 minutes belongs to the rest of you. But those 45 minutes were mine. I, they were precious. And I guarded them my entire life. My entire life being a parent, my kids knew this is mom's time. And they really had to think. Am I bleeding? Is the house on fire? Right. It can wait. <laughs> and and they learned, and they did it. And even when they, the babies were little, I had them in a, a, a playpen by my – and I, I was a good example to my kids. Yeah. You know, they didn't always follow it, but as they've gotten older, they, they've sort of caught on. Yeah. And they eat healthier because you eat healthier, yes. and they see this example of, of what their parent does. I know, you know, my mom is a sugaraholic. I swear she put sugar on her sugar cereal. But it's funny because even though she does that, we still would cook, you know, have home-cooked meals. We would drink diet sodas or diet whatever because that's what you did back in the 80s. And, you know, now those things have changed. So now, like, for me, my I cook at home. I drink water. I do all these things. But I still have this, like, sugar I don't thing. think there's anything wrong with moderation. There I mean, is it nothing. sounds You're, so yes. boring. But I've told my kids, look, kids are kids. And you, and I, I've been at birthday parties. When my kids were younger, I was at birthday parties where there was that mom that served her kids carrots and, and cucumbers when every other kid's eating pizza. I don't want to do that to my kids. I mean, <laughs> you know, kids have a hard enough time getting along. Let's not push the envelope. Come on. Every time you go to a party, you know that the veggie tray sits there and nobody touches right, it. Right. <laughs> right. You know, except that I'm the person that brings fruit salads to parties. But the and truth, then I take it home with The me. truth <laughs> is, you know, you want to give kids, you want to give kids the ability to make a choice. Yeah. Because if you take that choice away, then they're just going to go crazy Right. When, when you're not around to give them a choice. Right. So I always said, you know, you want to eat potato chips, let's, fine, let's buy the small bag. Right. Eat it, 
own it, be done with it, right? And then we move on. Right. But having them lying around all the time, we just didn't do that. We we just I was really into portion, into giving them portions. You want to have cake? We'll have cake. But when the cake is done, let's throw it out. Let's you know we'll buy a bag of cookies. Right. And when it's done, that's it. And just teach them how to teach them how to regulate themselves because if they don't know how to regulate themselves, how are they? You know, what do you think they're going to turn eighteen or twenty four or whatever? And know age? what they're supposed to do. And they have no yeah. idea. Though you know, they'll go crazy. Yeah. How do you, as a wife, uh, control your eating and your habits with a spouse <laughs> that isn't always <laughs> healthy? <laughs> you know. It, it was a challenge for a while, I have to say. It was a challenge, and it, it did cause a little and he, dissension. And, I mean, he's a mechanic, so it's not like, he's Actually, my husband's a, a gourmet a gourmet chef, but that also includes, you know. Gourmet chef, gourmet, butter, right, oil, right. fats. Um, over time, I just made up my mind that if I couldn't change, I can't change anybody else. Mm-hmm. I can only control myself. Yeah. So, he would make what he would make. For, you know, when the kids were little, I would I would run the food. I would make all the food. But now, as I you know have a full time job and he has a full time job, and we share some of the we share those duties, I just ha- make sure that there's food in the house that I'm comfortable eating. And there are many times that the rest of my family chooses to have the potatoes, chooses to have you know the extra serving of meat, and I'll say, all right, but I'm going to have the fish dish, and I'm going to have the extra cauliflower and I'm going to have two vegetables on the table instead of one vegetable. Right. And they may make fun of me, but I feel pretty good when I get dressed in the morning and I can fit into the, that size that I want to and not two or three sizes up. So it's, it's, you, you just make your own choices. You have to be responsible. You have to make it available. And sometimes they'll, they'll join me and eat healthy and sometimes they won't. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. The hardest thing about being a parent or a spouse is letting it go. Making people make their own choices. Okay. I like that. Uh, tell me the story about the raisins from this morning. Oh. We were telling <laughs> yes. you this morning about what? <laughs> well, I, I, like I said, I try to have healthy things in the house, and but everybody has cravings. Everybody, you know, you, you have a long day. You're stressed out. You, you grab for something. And I've changed the things that I grab for when I'm stressed out or when I need that extra sweet thing. Last night I had a, a really great dinner. I had we had Greek takeout food, which is delicious. You know, who doesn't? Well, I love baba ganoush and yeah, all that fun hummus. stuff. Hummus. Oh, mm-hmm. I could eat hummus by the spoonful. But I was, hung, you know, at the end of the night, you're getting ready for bed. You go downstairs. You, you know, clean up whatever. And it's like, oh, I wanted something really sweet. Was I going to go and find where the chocolate was hidden? <laughs> was I going to go and, and get that, you know, ice cream or the, the low-calorie ice cream? And then I just opened up the cabinet. There was a box of raisins. I grabbed a handful of raisins. I ate it. And I was like, you know, that's sweet enough. Yeah. And I just, you know, you you talk yourself into it. You train yourself. And then you feel good about it. And I challenge everybody. And I've challenged everybody I know. Go without bread for a week or two. Yeah. And then have a piece. And tell me how you feel. Or sugar. Or sugar. Go without sugar for a week. And then... You have it, and it's like, whoa. Yeah, and, and ah. it, because the truth is I don't really want the, that sweet candy bar. I mean, every once in a while, you know, you have a bite of it, but it's just it feels kind of gross after a while. You really, When you really eat healthy, food's really delicious. Yeah. It's shocking. <laughs> See, my issue here is even though I'm healthy and a trainer, my boyfriend is – very much the person that, like, he puts everything on the top shelf because he thinks I can't see it. So he'll go in, like, the middle of the night and buy, like, donuts or, you know, candy bars. 
But the other day he got mad at me because I ate a piece of his candy bar, which we were talking about this morning. He had an almond Hershey bar. A piece. But I literally had (laughs) just, you know, the first top of it because that's all I wanted. And, you know, he's like, why why the hell don't you just eat the whole candy bar? I'm like, I don't want the whole candy bar. I just wanted a piece. I just wanted just the taste of chocolate just to get that craving out. You know, I want this, but I don't want the whole thing. I don't need to eat the entire candy bar. And if I want another piece tomorrow or the next day, I'll just have that little bite. And that's, you know, that's the moderation. That's, it's, allowing yourself to have those things but not just completely going overboard and that's you know the consistency of lifestyle that gets you to where you really want to be i don't think i know it's been said over and over again i don't think you can overemphasize the importance of mindset i really yeah. really don't you you have to and i learned this being the mother of a special needs child this is the biggest lesson i got i had to decide what our fate was going to be. And then I had to make it happen. There was nobody else that was going to help me. It, it, I, was, I, was, I was it. I was the front line, the back line, and all the troops in between. And you have to have a mindset. And you have to do whatever you can to get that encouragement and get that, um, and, and get any help. There's so much help out there. We were talking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. If you don't know how to schedule your meals, or mm-hmm. you don't know what's healthy, right. Oh, my God. First of all, you've got you, which is excellent. You're an excellent trainer. You know a lot about food. We talk about it all the time, about moderation and making the right choices and a balanced meal. Go get an app. Go online. Join an organization. Join a club. I mean, there's there's enough out there to fit every single person's need. If you don't want to look the way you're looking, then don't. Yeah. I mean, then don't. Unless, I mean, there are, yes, there are a few people out there who have situations that, unfortunately, they cannot overcome. But for the majority, it's a mindset. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, I was born, both my parents were very, very heavy almost my entire life. Yeah. I grew up with obese parents. And I watched my mother get diabetes later on in life. Um, Unfortunately, she has passed on, um, not from diabetes, but it certainly didn't help the quality of her life. And, but I had the mindset, I was not, I was not that fat person. I mean, I was heavy when I was a teenager. Yeah. And somewhere along the line, by my senior year, I just made up my mind. But that's not who I really want to be. Yeah. And I just found my ways. And, and you have to, you just, you have to be selfish a little bit. You have to love yourself and you have to decide this is, I can do better. And ask for help. Well, it isn't, I mean, you say selfish, but really it isn't selfish because you're taking care of yourself so that you can take care of others so that you can be there for your family for the rest of their life so that you can see your kids grow up. I mean, your mom died fairly young. She's 69. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's sad that you, you know, you don't have her with you anymore and you don't want to leave your family young, especially having, you know, your son is, is, is pretty amazing and you've done a fantastic, Eric Eric is an honors, honors, uh, he's in uh, Barrett Honors College now. Yeah. I'm super And he's got a girlfriend. And he's got a girlfriend and friends. And And friends. And he's doing really well. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you could have gone completely the opposite direction and just taken that and let it take you down but you didn't you were positive you were motivated you were like I am not gonna let this get me not from day one and I want other people to know that that they can do that too and that's so fantastic we we have a very limited time on this earth 
very limited, and nobody really knows. We really don't know how long it's going to be. And every day that goes by, that's gone. You can't, the earth, I'm sorry, Superman isn't turning the earth backwards. You can't get your time back. You can't get your time backwards, and you really want to maximize it. And I think what's, what really frustrates me is I think people don't realize how good they can feel yeah. if they just took one step. If they did one thing, you know, it took me years. I've been married to my husband for 25 years. It took me 20 years to convince him to go for walks with me, okay? <laughs> 20 years, and we had to move to Arizona to do it. And, and you know what? Now, in the morning, because we walk almost every morning. Yeah, but who's going to go for a walk in the middle of winter in New York? True. That's true. So we had to move. Or in the middle of summer for that. Hey, but we do it in the middle of summer in Arizona. It's a, because, That's true. Because That's now it's true. become a habit. Yes. Because now I'll say to him, how did you feel? Like, if we miss a day or two, how did you feel? He's like, I don't really feel right. And yeah. it's not like we're running through the park. I mean, we're not, you know, breaking out into all kinds of crazy sweat and, and beating records. But we're just getting out there and we're enjoying the air, the sky, being outside, and just walking at a, at a really good pace where we feel healthy, where we get the heart racing a little bit. And you know what? It just brightens your day. And if you, I mean, for anybody that has any kind of ambition at all in any sort of um, career, anybody you read, I mean, any of the books that you read, and we re I read a lot of them about successful people, they wake up early and they exercise. Yeah. And it's like sets their day. It's like how to set your day. It's, it's like drinking your coffee or eating whatever you eat for breakfast. It sets your day go up right because right. you wake up and you're alert. And by the time you're going to work, your body is alert. You're awake. Your skin is alive. Your face is alive. Mm -hmm. Everything about you is just you alive. You your blood pumping. Blood your brain is, is going. Your heart's going. Yep. And yeah. it's, it's – I mean, I'm not a morning worker at her. I know that's not even a word, but <laughs> I'm saying it. I'm using it. It's my new term. But I don't, I don't like to work out in the mornings because the mornings are kind of go, go, go for me. But that's because I'm, I'm training in the morning. So my days, you know, my workout time is between 10 and 1, which is fine. But that's, you know, that's how my schedule fits to work that in. And if that's how your schedule is, that's, you just have to find that time to well, fit yeah, it in and to make it work. Well, yeah, when I was a working mom back in New York, I was a, for a about five or six years, I was a special education teacher in New York. Right. I became a special ed teacher because of my son. I would come home from work at 3 o'clock. I mean, I would leave at 6 in the morning. Yeah. I'd come home at 3. So between 3 and 4, that was my time. And mm -hmm. I just you just make it work for you. Right. And it's I, I can't even explain how it's just it, you just owe it to yourself. You owe, you, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to your family. You owe it to anybody you love or anybody you have a relationship with or anybody you work with to be at your maximum brain power. Yeah. I mean, and, and that whole mind-body connection that people still, people still don't understand. It amazes me, but people don't, still don't get it that what you put in your mouth affects the rest of your body and how you treat your body affects your brain. Right. You're one person. Yeah. You're not a head on, on some disengaged body. You're one person. Well, speaking of treating your body, I know you were in Vegas last week. Yes. You were there for a work conference. Yes, for, uh, two work conferences. Uh, yeah, for two work conferences. But you were drinking. Well, you know, and, Vegas. You know, it's Vegas, I understand. But I take vacations. Listen, well, everybody I mean, takes my body takes vacations. <laughs> but I, even, my brain was working, but my see, this is a perfect example of how my <laughs> brain was working, but I wasn't taking care of my body. And I came back, and it took me a week because it did recover faster. Because I do take care of myself for the most part, but I felt, I mean, I felt like garbage. Yeah, I just felt I, I'm not used to feeling that bad. 
But you don't, even though you go on these vacations and sure you might be drinking, you still never go completely crazy. No. Like, no. I'm just going to eat an entire buffet, which would be cool, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not, you still maintain on those trips. I maintain an awareness. Okay. I'm aware that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, but I'm not being that bad. Right. Like I'm still, although I may have had a mimosa at breakfast, which is probably not the best choice all the time unless we it's a weekend. We had mimosas a couple episodes <laughs> ago. Because well, it's real. Well, because this is reality. Yes, the because reality the reality of life is, is that you're not always perfect. Right. I was at a, I was at a, I was at a, a group breakfast. Everybody, you know, everybody was enjoying themselves. Everybody had mimosas. Do I have mimosas every morning for breakfast? No. But you would, but I registered that I did that. I knew I did that. But I made a choice. Am I going to have the vegetable omelet or am I going to have, like, the Eggs Benedict? And there were plenty of people there. Oh, we're on vacation. Let's go have Eggs Benedict every day. You know, I can have Eggs Benedict one day. Right. And I ate it and I owned it and it was delicious and I don't <laughs> regret it. But I didn't have it the next day. Yeah. Because I understood that, you know, there's you have to you still have to have some limitations. Yeah. So before you started training with me, you were kind of in a little bit of a lull. Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of change? What kind of clicked in your head to just be like, okay, I my have pants to... didn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, I guess Every, that's good everybody. Everybody has their <laughs> aha moment. There's a certain weight that I told myself, and I don't. I actually have no idea how much I weigh. I go strictly by what I my have clothes no idea fit. how much you weigh. And you. and when it's good. And when I go to the doctor's office, I turn myself backwards. Uh -huh. I face the nurse and I said, "Keep it your secure. Keep it your secret. Let's keep it your secret, shall we?" And they look at me and I'm like, "Numbers freak me out. Yeah, they just do." Well, but I know how my clothes be, fit. It can be very discouraging from one it's, day to the next, especially right. if you're a woman. The, that whole water oh, weight gosh, thing is yeah. real. I, but it, I know how my <laughs> pants fit. Yeah, and I know if I'm wearing pants, and when I start wearing too many stretchies. <laughs> and when yoga pants becomes my only option, it's really time to, you have to, you have to just, you know, they always say that weight creeps back on, uh -huh. but the mirror is the mirror and the way things fit is the way they fit. Yeah. And if something's fitting tight one day, you could say, yeah, I drank a little the, the day before, or maybe it was water, or maybe this, there's more gravity on the earth today. I mean, you could say That's, anything you want, yes, gravity, but yes. three days in a row, four days in a row, right. five days in a row. Then you take a picture, and what happened? Oh, there's a little double chin over there. You know, you can only lie to yourself for so long. Yeah. Sometimes I put jeans on because I wear gym clothes every day. And sometimes I'm like, whoop, oops. Yep. Haven't worn these jeans in a while. But, I mean, again, it's life. It is, you know, there's going to be days where you have better days. There's days I look in the mirror, and I'm like, wow, I feel pretty good today. And then there's days when I look in the mirror, and I'm like, I really should not have eaten that entire bowl of pasta. <laughs> is it is it any different than getting yourself into debt? When you get yourself into a little bit of debt, you can stop, stop spending, pay it off, and you're good again. Or you could just go, well, I'm already in so much debt. What difference does it make? Because I know so many people have said, well, I've already eaten. I've already had the hamburger. Why can't I have yes. the sundae? I've already, you know, I've already had six beers. What's the difference if I no, have seven beers? No, you have beers? the hamburger or the sundae. Yeah, that's right. And it's, but it. But it's a mindset. And when I say selfish, I just want to get back to that for one second because I think this is what messes a lot of people up. Mm -hmm. Nothing is as big of influence as the people that you surround yourself with. Oh, yeah. You are the, what is it? You're the average of the people, five, you, the, the five, five people, people you, spend you spend the most, the most time, time with. with. Yeah. Yes. And there are people who, and I, and 
and they don't mean usually they don't mean to be destructive but they'd be like oh come on you look so good what's another bite or i'm eating it why can't you eating it or or, come join me or i just ordered this big plate of flies i can't eat it by myself yeah you know then don't right then don't eat all of it and if you feel really bad tell yourself you know what and i do this all the time i have never ordered french fries probably in the last 20 years but i've eaten french fries (laughs) Because I will steal from someone else's plate, but I will say, I'm going to have six French fries. Yeah. And I'll steal them and I'll eat them. People feel better because I'm joining in their party, but I'm not gouging in yeah. their party. I'm just politely attending yeah. the French fry party. I so you can it. do it as long as you, as long as you have control. Yeah. Oh, well, Felicia, it's been so good talking to you. Well, I just it's great. I, I think everybody should work with you. Aw, <laughs> thank you. Because so you make sweet. it, you make, because you make it easy. There's no judgment. There's no, there's no, like, why did you do this? There's no, ooh, you know, you're not doing what you used to do. There's only acceptance. Yeah. And I think people are really, people are intimidated to work out with somebody. People are intimidated. People are very intimidated. And there's and no it, it reason. It breaks my heart because it's, uh, it's hard enough for you to actually get into the gym and to work with somebody. And the last thing somebody needs is for you to be down on them. You know, my job is to motivate you and to keep you accountable and and to want you to want to make you want to come back, not to make you feel shamed or no, like you all. did something wrong. You know, I'm a human being, too. That's why I wanted to to do this podcast because I really wanted to share real people's stories and not not just experts because I will have experts on, but I, I want people that are real and live real lives and are happy and content with where they are, but they live this healthier lifestyle just to be comfortable in their own skin. And, and what's really, you, you totally do. And what's really nice about where we work out, where you train us, is it's such an it's such a welcoming environment because there's other people there that are old, just like you old oh, as you say young. old as you say old but that was not no, that but was they're older you know there are people that are well into their 70s and 80s there are young people there yeah. there are people that were little kids that they bring their kids and they their kids you know are are well taken care of i mean there's it, when i go there i feel that there's a really friendly community there's no it's not some bodybuilding oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed to be seen in this. You know, you can yeah. come in a T-shirt and whatever pants you can gather. It's not like a show at all. It's yeah. a very warm, welcoming community. I always oh, feel good being there. thank you so much. That really, that makes me feel so good. It makes me feel so positive about, about <laughs> what I what I do or what I, what I want to do, I guess. Um, but anyway, thank you so much for coming on. My I pleasure. I love your story. Um, I'll have links in the bio for, for you and your company. Um, and if anybody has any questions, you can always email me. And, you know, if you need to reach out, if you have children with autism, you can always please, reach out to me or Felicia. Please, please, if you know anybody with a child with autism that needs any sort of encouragement, just somebody to even listen to them, I'm always available. Um, I raised money for I raised money at one point with my son. My son's got some projects he's working on for autism acceptance. Yeah, I think we're all aware now. We need to learn to accept. Oh, I love that. And um, I'm always I. Everybody knows somebody. So if you want to hear some positive stories and get some encouragement, find me because I'd be happy to do it. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Uh, feel free to join me on the next episode. Uh, I'll have some more great guests on, and I can't wait to bring them to you. Thanks, Thanks so Gabby. Much. Thank you.
Thank you so much for listening to the Fit Minute podcast, Fitness for Real People, with me, your host, Gabby Mazar. If you would like any more information on what we talked about today, you can find it in the show notes or you can find it on my website, www.healthybodyworksaz.com. Please leave us a review if you like what you hear or subscribe to our channel on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to. Join us next week to hear more stories about people just like you.